What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Daniel James, the second host right here on Black Voices on the Hill. Listen, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor today, Business Leaders of Colors. It is a group of small business owners committed to social justice. That's why they're partnering with WVBR 93.5 FM and Black Voices on the Hill to demonstrate the importance of Black history and women's history today, tomorrow, and always. They support overlooked, underrepresented business owners of colors by providing resources and key connections that level the playing field. They strive to build a supportive market for commerce that benefits all underserved members of their business community. To learn more, please visit businessleadersofcolors.com or give them a call at 607-279-7835. Now back to the episode, y'all. What's up, family? It's your boy, Daniel James II. I'm your host right here on Black Voices on the Hill. Black Voices on the Hill is a podcast and radio show for the culture. We center Black lives, amplify Black stories, and enhance the Black experience at Cornell University, Greater Ithaca, and beyond. Black Voices on the Hill topics range from racism, police brutality, colorism, sexism, to Greek life leadership, and white elitism in the Ivy League. Black Voice on the Hill envisions a Cornell that is sensitive to the plight of its Black students, aware in the Black excellence in this college town, and unabashed about them changing the world. We see Black excellence at Cornell, we believe in Black empowerment, and we love the Black experience. Black Voice on the Hill is brought to you by WVBR News. To see one more new and upcoming episodes and for other Cornell Ithaca news, follow WVBR Ithaca News on Instagram, follow Black Voice on the Hill on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Make sure that you leave us a rating. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Overcast, Spotify after you leave this show. Listen, um, right now we're recording during uh, uh, Black History Month, but this show will air during Women's History. Uh, I am so happy to have as my first guest on the show um, during the month of March. I have none other than Miss Skyla Carmen. Welcome to the show, Skyla. I did pronounce your last name. Thank you. Yeah, you did, actually. <laughs> um, it is a, a pleasure to have you. Um, you can say hello to the people. Hello, people. <laughs> um, Skyla, now, I've just um, met you, I think, in passing. Um, we've both been RAs on North, um, but I absolutely admire you from afar. And uh, we've both been RAs on North. I was an RA in Jam. You're RA in Dixon right now. Um, so this is for really the first full conversation that we ever had, so I'm really... Um, right. <laughs> right, right. Right now, as we speak, we're getting to know each other. G- just give us the basics about you. Uh, give us your, your full name, your school. Well, you go to Cornell, obviously, but your school you're in at Cornell, your major, origins, et cetera, whatever you want to give us. Yeah. Um, well, my name is Skyla Carmen. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Um, now I'm in Ithaca. I'm a junior in the College of Human Ecology at Cornell. I study human development and creative writing. And I'm also involved in a lot of campus orgs like EARS, um, CU in Color, RAing, and a whole lot of other stuff, tradition fellowship. I too much to, to name right now, but yeah. That's super dope. Um, now, if I had to, um, now you sort of told us a little bit about what you do on campus, um, but I want if, if, if you're, who would your, those are sort of the things you do on campus, but I would ask if you had to give like a one minute pitch or a TED talk, um, who would your, who would your family say um, that you are, your siblings, your parents, who would they say Skyla is? Um, mm, that's a good question. 
Um, depends on which family member you ask, I guess. Um, I think they'd say like overall, I'm pretty, I have a bubbly spirit. Like I like, um, I like being around people. I like being around my friends and my family, making everyone smile, laugh, um, have a good time. I think um, they would call me a busybody. I'm always doing something new, like a new project or something. Um, always trying to get others involved, especially my siblings. Um, and yeah, like just try to be happy, make others happy, and stay moving. Um, that's awesome. No, I haven't really asked anybody else that question. And um, it's a good so, question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I mean, it's very valid because I think sometimes. Um, our identity can be so embedded in who we are as, as students and just as leaders, because you're obviously a student leader at Cornell. Um, but, you know, when you go home and you get that sense of home, you realize, you know, who you really are, you know, because yeah. um, they, you know, they can take this degree or a lot of other things, but they can't take away who you are at your core, you know? Right. So it's very true. Um, you talk about your home. You're from Houston. Um, obviously, we know right now um, there are a lot of people experiencing um, tragedies through this winter storm. You know, it was nothing casual when we, I'm from the South, I'm from South Carolina, and uh, <laughs> that we're not built for it. We mean we're really not. No. No, not at all. And I think this time it turned out for the worst. You know, it wasn't just school being shut down or something like that. Um, some people are, you know, unable to get to receive their second vaccine dose, you know. Um, people literally have died, gone without heat, have been immobilized, displaced, and all during a pandemic, you know? Um, I think it's being called Winter Storm Yuri, right? Something like um, that. Yeah, I've heard a lot of names for it, honestly. Yeah, so, you know, when it gets a name, you know it's gotten pretty Yeah. Um, it's wreaking a lot of havoc. What are your personal feelings and thoughts as a, a Texan? Um, is the fam okay? And then, yeah, what do you think about it? Um, well, initially, I think it was just like a lot of panic surrounding like what was going on with my family. I think um, like my first instinct was just to call home, um, see like how everyone was doing, especially uh, my friend who lives in a really um, shot area right now for what's happening down in Houston. And then also just like, again, my family, like seeing what the power was on um, electricity like can my sister finish her schoolwork this week you know like those kind of questions and then um also just the administration like the lack of preparation that went around this this tragic incident like it just it triggered me like I was angry like you know of course you want to just like feel sad and like be there for your family but like being up here and watching it all happen and unfold and no one doing anything about it like it makes you really angry I feel you uh I heard Ted Cruz um, governor took, took him a little uh, a little flight. What what <laughs> a flight out? Right. Oh, what do you think of Ted Cruz? Just you know, just whatever. You know, he's your governor, or whatever. So, what do you think of him in general? Um, I think my politically correct answer is just like he's not my cup of tea. <laughs> he's not my cup of tea at all. Um, I think. I just think he's been in office for way too long. I'll just keep it there. That's so good. That's a, that's a good <laughs> response. I like that. And and um, no, that's very true. He's he's not a lot of people's cup of tea. I think um, I think it is disheartening. But hopefully, we're under a, a, a now a federal administration that will take this very seriously in terms of just getting people the things that they need. Um, I've heard people post things about you know 
what to do to keep your house, you know, insulated and putting different things in the windows, you know, to make sure, you know, so there's so many resources out there. Um, social media has done a lot of educating me in terms of this. So, all right. So Skyla, tell me about, um, in general, you know, just now that we've talked about, you know, Houston and we talked about home um, in general, if we can just talk a little bit about Women's History Month, um, maybe some yeah. women in your life. What do you believe, or who do you believe is, you know, personally, first of all, one woman or a group of women that you feel like is worth celebrating in your life? Um, they can be famous or, you know, someone personal, so. Um, I feel like one woman worth celebrating would be Maya Angelou. Like, she's just one of my favorites of all time. Like, I look up to her in so many different ways. Um, so she's one that I particularly love to celebrate during this month and every month, but um, definitely her um, from the famous standpoint. And then, um, of course, like, um, with my own personal bubble, I would say like, hmm, probably my grandmother. I feel like she's such a hard worker and like seeing her growing up, just like hustling and always moving. Like she's the same way now, like at almost 70 years old and just watching her like never, um, never not have a hustle. Like, I think that's just what's instilled in me to always have some kind of project going. Uh, those are great, such pure examples. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love Maya Angelou. Um, and uh, yeah, gr grandmas are definitely um, the greatest. And I think that sometimes um, they're, they can go, you know, unrecognized, unrewarded, you know, they're not, my grandmas are not, you know, known to the world. They don't have, you know, a, a huge platform or even following, but, you know, they, they made us, you know, a lot of times into the people that we are. They made the people, mm -hmm. the people that made us, you know, help make us you know, like our parents and that type of thing. So they're definitely very precious. Um, of course, this month when we celebrate things like women's suffrage, um, women's equality and uh, moments that have shaped, you know, to bring this world freedom and liberation. A lot of times, though, during women's history, um, especially even when we talk about voting rights for women, um, which celebrated like 100 years, maybe two years ago. Um, a lot of times it is centered around white women. So, and, and, and we don't acknowledge people like Ida B. Wells and, and other black women that have, you know, made long lasting impacts for the rights of, of black women in particular. What does a celebration of women's history mean to you? Um, and then what does being a black woman, what does a, a celebration of, of being a black woman in America, what does that mean to you in particular? Um, so the celebration of women's history, I feel like there's just so many, great and phenomenal women around the world who don't get recognition and like this is their month for us to like really hone in on like what women do for the world like it's not just men so um I think like being um just like keeping a holistic view is very important but also like I'm very true to my identity and I like um celebrating black women as much as I can so when this month comes around like I usually do um like really go full force with recognizing black women and like uplifting black women because I am a black woman and I feel like we are the mules of the world. And um, like when a month like this comes around, it's very important to uplift um, my identity and the women who identify with me. Absolutely. Um, and it is very important. I think that, yeah, they are the mule. Uh, what, what's Malcolm X definitely said that the black woman is the is the most disrespected, you know, person in the society. Um, a lot of times they aren't 
they are not respected um, as much. And a lot of times their, their history also is, is hidden. Um, you know, there are movies like Hidden Figures, right? That highlighted there were literal, you know, space launches that were historic and iconic that black women were at the center of. They're really at the center of everything um, that this that this country does, you know, and a lot of times they have to undergird the work without being celebrated for it. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that a lot of black women are coming to the forefront and being acknowledged for the contributions they made to society. So um, that being said though, you have a page or a, a, a brand sort of that you started called the Ivy Woman. Um, what is the Ivy Woman? Tell me how they got started. Um, it started in one of my Pam classes, actually. I was like looking up ways for me to um, not necessarily like start a brand, but like get myself out there and also like make money the way I want to make money. Because, you know, like I don't want to have a corporate job when I get out of college. Like I want something that I enjoy doing and like love to do like all the time. So um, I decided to create a blog and I love writing. So it just sounded like the best thing to do. And um, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. Um, I'd say like the title was the biggest part, like coming up with Ivy Woman um, itself was really hard for me to do because I think, um, I don't know, like I've had very strong imposter syndrome since like freshman year. I just, it was hard for me to accept, like I got into an Ivy League. I go to an Ivy League, like I study at an Ivy League. You're a black woman at an Ivy League. And like, um, I guess drilling that into, um, like the blogs that I wanted to create, like the the kind of message I wanted to send to people who are reading, um, just like a sense of, I don't know, like accepting who you are, even the good parts. And because I feel like it's kind of hard to explain without going into a rabbit hole. But um, I feel like a lot of us focus so much on the the challenging parts of ourselves or the the bad parts of ourselves and we don't really uplift like the great parts of ourselves and like the stuff we should be proud of and accomplished um parts of ourselves so i think um coming up with ivy woman was like a way for me to do that in short <laughs> well, let me tell you the greatest thing i think about this whole uh, pandemic time and just the past years i've seen people launch onto their own personal platforms and do things that we probably should have done a long time ago but we're finally you know this right perfect time to do things, um, to talk and speak on issues consistently. And, and, and that's what I love about your blog. That's what I love about so many different um, exploits. That's the, that's the term that I can use that I've seen black women and black people engage in in general. Um, you talk about the imposter syndrome, man, that can be real uh, at a place like Cornell. I think a lot of black people listening right now definitely feel that just um, when COVID hits, you know, and, and we're affected in, in different ways, you know, just by the inequities, you know, we can all be at the same place, but your situation at home just be different than, than mine, really because of mm -hmm. you know, where I'm from, my background, my ethnicity, my, my class, et cetera. Um, you also talked about wanting to do something, uh, not having a corporate job, right? So I was having a, a debate with, um, should I say her name? Yeah, I'll say her name. I was talking to... Uh, <laughs> Latoya yesterday and we were talking yeah. about, we were talking about you know I asked her like is it selfish of me to to want to do something I love to do not, and not do something else like we're, we're really in this HR world as ILRs and we're like that's the part of ILR I know I don't want to do like how could you ever be compassionate or passionate about 
HR. Like, I don't want to do that. Right. But a lot of people yeah. do it just for the executive status or the money. Um, how do you reconcile doing what you love to do, but it's not going to necessarily be as lucrative? Um, and maybe you don't, and you're a person that maybe doesn't come from a privileged background, or you could use the money. You know, how do you, right. how do you reconcile right. that? Well, I feel like, you know, as much as we want to wake up and do whatever we want, like we got to be smart about the country we live in. Like, it's always good to have a backup plan. That's why we're at this school, you know, like we don't want to just go out there and I want to do what I want. Like, I just, I'm going to just start a SoundCloud <laughs> and I'm going to just stick there and I don't care if I make money. I don't care who I'm living off of. I'm going to just do that. And I'm going to love what I do. Like that's, it's unrealistic, you know, like you still got to have the backup plan. You still got to sustain yourself. So I feel like the best thing you can do for yourself is just um, like align what you do love with what's out there, what is going to make you money. Like, um, of course, like I want to write, like if I had to choose, like I would write every day, but I am also like pursuing a doctorate after school to get my um, clinical psychology degree. Like it, it doesn't just stop where, oh, I just want to write blogs all day. Like I can't do that. So um, you got to be smart. You got to be willing to like make sacrifices and just be willing to work at both at an equal amount. Like, don't focus on one more than the other if you're passionate about both, you know? Now, hold up. You just, you dropped something else in there. Hold up. You said <laughs> you're doing a clinical psychology degree. Uh, PhD, yeah. <laughs> PhD, right. So um, tell us this journey and and maybe if we can talk about what 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 passion sort of drove you into deciding that that's the field you want to pursue post-graduation. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, it's a funny story. So <laughs> before coming to college, like my senior year of high school, I wanted to be a pharmacist. Like I was so set on, I'm just going to be a pharmacist. And I met up with my older cousin and she was like, no, you're not. <laughs> why? Like, why can't I be? And she was like, do you know who you are? Like, you can't be a pharmacist. You don't even like STEM. Like, what are you talking about? And so we were just like going down the list of things I'm good at, things I like to do, like what aligns with my identity. She's like, you're a great listener. You like giving people advice. Like, why not be a therapist? And I'm just like, wow, I could totally be a therapist. <laughs> like, I love therapists. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. Um, and then like looking more into that, I was like, okay, what kind of therapy do you want to do? And I love giving um, couples advice. Like I love talking about love. So I'm pursuing the marriage counselor route and um, that's kind of where it happened. <laughs> right. All right. So is your goal to, is it to keep people together or to realize what their best option is uh, as a marriage? Depends on the couple. Depends <laughs> on the couple. <laughs> couple. I love it. I love it. Um, no, I definitely think you had a great friend uh, that can steer you in that right direction. And that's, that's also part of putting your friends on is also helping them to realize their destiny to like, don't even like stuff like stop you don't do that, don't do that. exactly don't do that so um i definitely have had those wake up calls with friends and it's been you know life altering um but that's great that you found out that that's what you want to do and pursue um so aside from all of that um i guess you're gonna be a clinical psychologist and you gonna have a salon or something because you know <laughs> Skylar Hair Services, you know, that's, that's probably, I don't know what they're going to do when you graduate. I'm um, dead. <laughs> so when did you realize you knew how to braid? And then, and then how did that start? Who, 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 whose hair did you, did you braid first? And then what made you decide, all right, the, Cornell, the people at Cornell and Ithaca, they need this too. 
Yeah, well, it all started with the natural hair journey, of course. Like I um, decided to start transitioning my hair from relaxed to natural my freshman year of high school. And um, I just had to come up with something to keep my hair like tucked away and like protected when I didn't feel like doing it. So I did box braids on myself with trash. Um, <laughs> I tried to get on my little sister and my mom. Thankfully, they live with me. So I was, um, they were getting picks for a long time. And I just did my, um, did hair on them, like kept practicing on them, practicing on myself. And eventually it looked good enough to like try on someone outside the home. <laughs> so I tried on my mom's friends and they just started paying me for it. And I was like, okay, thank you. And then, you know, that just snowballed into me, um, recruiting clients and like getting them to pay too and then um I started a page uh brought it to Cornell now I'm doing everyone's hair here so it just kind of snowballed that way now that's so dope now talk about the difference between um you know natural relaxed because there's some some black women history behind that as well just yeah them feeling they have to relax their hair quote unquote or put chemicals in their hair. Talk about that a little bit and, and that journey to, to finding your natural space. Um, well, the difference between natural and relaxed hair is really just the science. Like um, with relaxed hair, you put a chemical in your hair for it to be straight. With natural hair, you don't do that. Like you just deal with whatever's in your head. And um, I feel like the biggest misconception between natural and relaxed hair is that one is healthy and one isn't. One isn't and that's just not true at all. Like both types of um, hair can be very healthy. It all depends on how you want to manage your hair, like how you want to maintain it. I'm not one that is good with relaxed hair. Like whenever my hair is straight, I tend to, um, I tend to see a lot of breakage, but then a lot of relaxed girls, like when their hair is natural, that's when they start to see a lot of breakage. So it all kind of depends on like what's best for you to manage, like what's going to help your strands just grow. Um, There is a really long history that you mentioned behind relaxed hair that I feel like you can't have that argument without acknowledging, which is just um, the assimilation that black women feel the need to um, just not stand out with their hair, which is just totally untrue. Like, I feel like I love my puff. Like I want to stand out wherever I go, Uh, but not everyone is comfortable with that. And that's okay too. So I feel like it's just up to the woman. Like, I feel like there's so many politics and I feel like the only people that need to be having that conversation is black women at the end of the day. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and, and that was for all outsiders, non-Black women. <laughs> this, is, this conversation is not for you. And I feel that um, I definitely am so grateful for having you, too, because to bring light to that, I think you're the first person I've had on this show who um, does hair because I've wanted to, to bring in sort of Black women business on campus because they're, you know, Black guys who also, you know, they can shape you up on campus. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I gotta I gotta start reaching out to them because these Ubers are getting ex- expensive to go. I bet. America, um, especially now because <laughs> there's not many out there um, because of COVID. But definitely. Um, so now, where do you plan to sort of take your um, business or your next steps? Uh, give us some of like, you know, five year plan or maybe one year plan or or what you want to accomplish by the end of 2020. <laughs> um. I'm going to start with the one year and then I'll try to see where five takes me. But I feel like right now I'm just um, about to start prepping to take the GRE so that I can get into grad school, um, figure out my plans on whether I want to get a PsyD or a PhD. Um, And then for the next five years after that, I'll probably probably be in school. 
um, depending on where I go and like what curriculum I'm doing, I'm probably going to try to start writing a book as well. <laughs> um, getting that out there, I would like to publish by a certain age and then, um, yeah, just really live in life. Like after Cornell, I think the biggest thing, like, like while I have these definite plans, um, I just want to be happy. Like, I just want to um, leave Cornell and like live my life. Like I'm in my twenties. Um, this pandemic has taken a lot from me. Cornell has taken a lot from me. And like, after this, I just want to live my life and be happy. That's the greatest goal. Um, <laughs> live your life and be happy. Y'all, I'm looking at, listen, she has the plan. Cause I can see, <laughs> no, I could tell Skylar had a plan. I'm looking at her background. This girl got posted notes on her. <laughs> Or she got, I mean, just the decor. You can tell she's very organized and thoughtful about her future, too. Um, so I, I noticed all of that. Um, <laughs> so, Skyla, is there anybody that you sort of, any last words you want to give before we close this out? Um, again, thank you for having me. I love speaking with Black people on campus anytime I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, y'all, I hope that you have. This episode has encouraged you. Um, to be um, unapologetically black, continue to be engaged. Um, before we end, actually, that we can't end the show without, um, you know, we just we have a black woman VP now. So I just thought about it. So <laughs> yes, we um, do. Yeah, we got to talk about Kamala Harris. What does her legacy? And I get it. You know, she's not the president, but she's she's the vice vice president, and that's that means she's my lot. president. <laughs> yeah, she's your president. That's right. And, and who knows what happens in four years? So tell us. And what does her legacy mean to you? What was it like watching on Inauguration Day? You talk about poets. You talk about Angela, um, Maya Angelou, Amanda Gorman. Um, you can talk, run through the list. But yeah, what does her legacy mean for you? Yeah, I feel like my mind like went directly to Amanda Gorman. Like having a Black woman in office means uplifting other Black women. And so you see that trail, like she just got into office. And then we see a poet at Inauguration Day a black woman poet at inauguration day. Like that doesn't happen. That that's never happened. So like, you know, stuff like that starts aligning. And like, I don't know, you just see a shift in the culture. Like there's a lot of encouragement and like, I don't know, what's the word? Inspiration. Inspiration. <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of inspiration in the air. And I feel like having her in office is just gonna revamp that whole inspirational feel that a lot of black people got when Obama was in office. I think the same. Um, it was it was encouraging to see pictures of of, of, of Kamala Harris and uh, and Barack Obama fist bump. You know, yeah, beautiful. It's awesome. Uh, there are so many. I want paintings from that day because there's so many different images to 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 shoot. But um, yeah, I wanted your input on that. I always ask uh, every guest since that's happened just how they feel about it. Um, but I definitely believe change is going to come. Listen, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to today's episodes. Thank you for coming, Skyla. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm encouraging, I hope this encourages you to be unapologetically black, my people. This is the real ending for real. Uh, to see what more new and upcoming episodes of Black Voice on the Hill, other Cornell Ithaca news. I want y'all to follow Black Voice on the Hill on Instagram. Um, listen, give us the, insta the uh, handles, Instagram handles, how we can stay in touch with you, Skyla. Um, at Skyla Carmen on everything and then and Ivy Woman or at Ivy Woman with an X with the woman instead of an A or <laughs> How about your hair services? You have an Instagram for that too. Yeah, at Skyla Hair Services. And then either at every page, you'll see everything else in the bio. Okay, gotcha. That's right. 
Um, so make sure you follow us on Black Boys and Hill. Make sure that you follow all of Skyla's platforms. Um, make sure that y'all support her. Um, follow WBBR News on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or visit WBBR.com slash Black Voices on the Hill. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Overcast, and tune in right here on WBBR 93.5 FM every single Friday at 2 p.m. And the podcast releases on Tuesdays at 11 p.m. We'll see you next week. Shout out to my executive producers, Mike Sykes and Grace Fairchild. Peace out, y'all.